0: 8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Asraf Gada. The Viewpoint with
1: Asraf Gada.
2: So there you are, Siri and for waltz well, fascinating big hitter, the last big hitter that I'm certainly hosting on the show. Uh, you'll have a podcast up tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock. You can check it up, check it up, rather, on the SFM website, uh, yeah, sfm.co.za, you'll find that podcast of uh, his discussion. As far as that um, WhatsApp news, so WhatsApp-driven news platform, that's what it is. It's a news platform driven on WhatsApp. You can find it by following Cesare for Walsh on any of his own social media platforms, or otherwise, just go smwx and and you'll get all the links. And it's driven through WhatsApp. It's fascinating. Nine or 10,000 people following it in a week. And they're young South Africans. And that's really, as he said, it's the voice of the voiceless, or something along that line, right? Let's move on to other things now. So, a fascinating story about uh, what's happening in the Western Cape around issues of guns or illegal guns. The Western Cape uh, has given a reward to a citizen. for reporting an illegal gun, and the reward is ten thousand rands. What's the what's the backstory to that? What can we learn from that? What do we understand by all of that? Uh, with me is the MEC for safety in the Western Cape, and that's uh, Alan Winder. Alan, good chatting to you. Thanks for your time.
0: Hi, uh, Thanks. Good to be with you.
2: Absolutely. So, so give us the backstory. If first of all, do do you give rewards to, to anybody who comes up with an illegal gun?
0: So, I mean, I think, as you know, we've got some really hectic gang violence that happens in the Western Cape. Uh, we've got areas that are controlled by gangs and gangs and illegal firearms, and that sort of has a huge contributor to our murder rate. Um, and in November, I held a, a safety conference. At that safety conference, Gun Free South Africa put this presentation up, and in the presentation, it showed that if you remove an illegal gun from the system... Uh, you actually start to save lives. So at that conference, straight away, I said, well, why don't we try this? I know it's been tried in other places before. Why don't we try this? We'll put a R10,000 rand reward for anybody who gives us where the whereabouts of an illegal gun. And uh, if that gun is retrieved by the police, uh, we will pay out a reward. So we put up uh, also, I think, also in gang-related areas. You know, if you click on somebody and wear their illegal is, if somebody knows that about it, uh, you're not going to live for very long. So we put a we put a safety mechanism in. We've got a, a number that you can call or SMS or WhatsApp or message. We then verify with you the detail. We keep your name separate. We hand over the verifiable uh, uh, space of where that firearm is hidden. You know, hidden in the devil uh, behind whatever number in whatever street. And uh, if the police go and retrieve it, they let us know we then get back in contact with the person who put in uh, where the, where this uh, where this firearm is hidden and say that, thank you very much, we've now retrieved an illegal gun, and we then pay out a 10,000 rand reward. And uh, so we've already received 166 uh, messages or calls. Of those, 100, and, 100 of them are very fireball, and we've referred them over to SAPS, and there's a the process of retrieving these firearms. The first verified Completed process was uh, brought to us, and uh, last week we handed over the first ten thousand reward and uh, it was actually quite amazing because after the reward was handed over, we believe that that uh, man or woman who, who gave the detail in has then uh, asked that that reward be handed out to their local community watch or their neighbourhood watch. who've now received the ten thousand and to go towards number, uh, number plate recognition cameras. So wow, amazing! And uh, yeah, we're just trying it. If it works, it works. But I do know that that firearm, illegal firearm, out of the system now is is minimizing a risk and could have been used to kill somebody. So you know, if we've saved a life. That's really great. Uh, well, and, well, you uh, see, it's interesting you
2: and it's interesting you say that the reward then uh, that was given to the recipient, then it was passed on to a community policing forum in terms of their own safety issues. So certainly, someone who's very connected and concerned about those type of issues. Now, why I say that is. That if, I mean, we we do accept, well, let me ask you this, that how many illegal guns, according to you, exist in A, the Western Cape and B, nationally? What what sort of stats are we talking about? Well, we don't
0: really know, but the big risk is that the gun gets recycled. I mean, because, I mean, we've all heard those stories about the police actually putting guns that have been retrieved back into the system. There's a big case going on about that at the moment. And one of the questions I've always been asked is, so what happens when the police get the the gun, illegal gun, you pay out the reward, what's to stop them putting it back into the system and getting another reward? So what I have determined with the police is once they've done the ballistics and whatever they need to do it, I want to be present when that gun is destroyed. It's got to be crushed in a crusher so that uh, it actually is never going to be used again. Um, but we don't really know because, obviously, the gang violence space, there, there are many, many illegal guns. And it's illegal guns that are used, stolen guns that are used. And, you know, the more that we can get out of the, out of circulation and out of the system, obviously, the safer it becomes.
2: So, because one of the things would be that since we know that illegal guns exist in our country, and whatever, even if we don't have the numbers, simply saying a lot is true, and we know that, right, that w- would it also, the reward is 10,000 rands, would it not also serve inadvertently, so very, very unintended, uh, as as a whole new enterprise of people actually uh, purchasing illegal guns, okay, uh, and then effectively handing them on to you to make some money at a profit?
0: It, it obviously could be, um, and we will monitor it as we go. Only 166 so far, 100 referred. Um, we will obviously monitor, look at what kind of guns are coming through, who's making the calls um, to see if, you know, obviously we'll try and pick up if there is any such activity happening. But in my opinion, that if an illegal gun is taken out of the system and I can see it crushed and destroyed, well, then there's one less illegal gun in the system. And, I mean, I'm going to give you a number now that is is spine-chilling. It is is a number that keeps me awake at night. I I, I took over this job on the 1st of November from Dan Plato, who was my uh, my predecessor who became the mayor of Cape Town. When I took over that job on the 1st of November until the end of February, that that was the first four months in this job. In those four months in the Western Cape, 1,226 people were murdered in this province in four months. I mean, that is, I mean, I, I just can't believe that number, even when I mention it now, when I mention it a hundred times a day. Um, it's an unbelievable number. So, if I can pull a gun out every day, I mean, cheaper as it's going to start to get. Mm, it absolutely. To get.
2: All right, more to come. I certainly want to welcome, encourage you as a caller to, to respond and engage with uh, with my guest, Alan Wines, who's the, Western Cape Community Safety MEC, and, and the central discussion really is, is the reward of ten thousand rand's paid to a gun, an illegal gun informant. So the reward for doing that gun gets handed in, handed in because they were directed to the right place, and and that person gets the reward, but it's passed on the reward to a community uh, policing format. What do you think of two things? The the, the broader issue is the need to. Limit and reduce illegal guns. Goodness, if the New Zealand Prime Minister, you would say, effectively eliminate guns completely. That's another discussion, right? So, first prize, eliminate illegal guns. Second prize, some may say, what about just eliminating even legal guns? But that's a separate discussion. Third one is is the is the offering of rewards like this uh, a good, strong, sustainable incentive? And the bottom line to that is. Will it actually work? Is the one person who's now being the uh, whistleblower uh, a good enough track record, or, or do we need to see a whole lot more happening? So engage me. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. If you wish to, that's to call in, right? WhatsApp uh, voice notes are welcome. 0614104107 zero four one zero seven. Thirty seconds max if you're going to do just that. You can tweet as well. Hashtag SFM viewpoint, and then you tag SFM Radio and tag me. Ashraf so you have all those options, and just straightforward SMSs four zero nine three eight. More on illegal guns and what to do about them right after this. #HashtagGava hey, My favorite drama is on. Huh? Kava? Yeah. Can we just discover that all the
1: money has been stolen? Now, Sipo is a suspect. Gogo, did you just say hashtag cover? Yeah, as in look like hashtag cover, how easy, convenient and fast it is to receive your TV license statement and pay electronically. That's great, Gogo, because you will never miss an episode of your favorite drama because you can do it all while sitting on your couch. Hashtag that!
0: Pay your TV license the simple way. Go to tvlic.co.za SABC TV licenses. Hashtag made possible by you. Joburg's biggest inner city charity art exhibition and sale
1: is coming soon. Get ready for night of a thousand drawings. We've received some
0: awesome art so far, but you can still donate before the end of February. It's all art. Bring it. The event is on Saturday, 30 March at Victoria Yards in Josie. Gates open at 4 p.m. for live music, delicious food, and, of course, the art. Get your tickets at WebTickets or go to 1000drawings.co.za for more info. Hashtag sfm Viewpoint.
2: A lot to talk about around the issue of illegal guns and what to do about them. Certainly in the Western Cape, they're saying, goodness, give an incentive. If people know where to find them and lead us on to those illegal guns, we will incentivize them, 10,000 rands. If they do just that, it's already happened. Uh, How much more of that sort of thing will, in fact, happen? Or are you rather skeptical? But can you see the bigger picture, which is a way to get illegal guns out of the hands of people who use them illegally in this case, and then doing illegal things as well. Alan Wind with me, the Western Cape Community Safety MEC. Um, there's a couple of voice notes. Let me play them. Here they are. Um,
1: uh, good evening, Ashraf. Also, these uh, guys should also go into the farms. You know, these farm owners, they also do have uh, illegal guns. That they heard from the previous government and all that kind of thing, I, uh, you know, it's uh, they shouldn't only focus on. I will understand that there's a whole lot of uh, uh, robberies and stuff that uh, that is done, the, and these people they think they are
2: only keeping these guns for protecting themselves, but also they are illegal. illegal. Okay, I mean, so fine, good good point, uh, Alan uh, Wine. The uh, MEC respond to that. The of farms as opposed to say the cities.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously the, there is a system of gun licensing in South Africa and, I mean, an illegal gun is an illegal gun. Um, you get caught with it, there's consequences. Um, you know, and I mean, if someone knows of whether you're on a farm, whether, wherever you are, you know, if you know about an illegal firearm, let us know let it's going to retrieve that firearm um, and we'll give the reward to the person who gives us the information. Let's get it out of the system. I, you know, at the end of the day... Um, if you, if you, if I, when I remember that presentation, um, you know the, the predominance of murders that are committed by firearms are committed by stolen or illegal uh, firearms.
2: Okay, let's let's talk about, uh, you know, you've given me the one example, right? So how long has this campaign now been been running for? Does this call out?
0: So I launched it in November at the SAFER conference. It probably took us a month and a bit to kind of get the whole thing set up, uh, get the number, get the systems in place. And uh, then we just started telling people about this. We haven't even started running a campaign on it yet, um, but we've put radio show. you know, set it on radio. I've, uh, we've gone out into communities, uh, mentioned it in meetings, uh, spoken to our neighborhood watchers. Uh, you know, going out to communities that are specifically gang-ridden communities, where where crime, murder specifically, is a is a big issue. And we talk about it. So so far, 166, and we've got 100 real live cases that are, are handed over. Um, I'm pretty certain that if we have to ramp it up with an advertising campaign, you know, those numbers would probably increase. Um, but you must also understand that it's a, it's risky to do this. You, you know, to be able to normally the people that are doing it is someone that knows someone within a family context or a neighborhood context uh, that is in probably the, the, the gangster trade um, and then knows where they hide their firearms. So, uh, you know, we also understand that those individuals have got to be very careful because, you know, their, their own lives are put at risk when they start yeah. uh, doing this. But, no. uh, you know, I'm one of those guys that say, well, let's try it. If it doesn't work in six months' time or a year's time, we say, this and we taking so three guns out of the system, well, then it's not worth it. But if we've moved if we've 100 guns or 200 guns out of the system, well, then quite frankly, I'm very happy.
2: And, and, and the, the 10,000 reward, where does it come from in terms of which, you know, budgeted from from which part of your of your budget at the Western Cape?
0: So what I, the, the money that we're using now, uh, until we kind of get a bit of a track record, I, uh, I'm also responsible for liquor licensing and uh, the fines from from the liquor trade that uh, we get in that that funding has gone up very significantly in the last while and we've made some of that funding available for these rewards
2: okay now if I look at the example of, of what's happened regarding national education and uh, and the issue around NS and this person, I'm not going to ask you about that excepting to say that the there's this massive write-off that's been announced by by government or the Department of Higher Education. Very quickly was like welcome, but also said, "Ha ha! These type of compensations uh, a few weeks before elections is only just that electioneering." Would would the same not apply to to yours in this case here ahead of an election? Say, well, you know, the the DA uh, government in the Western Cape really doing something about this? Um,
0: yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was new in the job. I actually did this probably four or five days into the job. Um, I was- Sat there at a presentation in front of a couple of hundred uh, crime specialists and neighbourhood watchers and policemen and women, and this presentation was done. And I thought, wow, surely this could help us. Um, you know, I mean, we can say, yeah, oh, maybe it's election. I, I, I doubt it. Uh, the, the big test is: if I'm going to carry on with it after the election, and the answer is definitely yes. Um, and I'll carry on until either it proves that it's not a not something. That is uh, is actually making a difference. Obviously, if it makes a difference, we'll keep it going. Um, but you know, making an ero- a reward for again, I don't you know. If I was putting out you know blue pamphlets with you know, you know, I, I don't I, I don't see how this could be an electionary campaign. This is really about that number. That number that scares me. I mean, really, one thousand. I mean, we understand the volume of that number: one thousand two hundred and twenty-six people in four months. Are murdered. I mean, it's
2: just unbelievable. Yeah, give us an insight. I mean, that's a space, sadly, that you play in uh, of of just how how grave the problem is around violence. That we know it's a national problem, right? But specifically in the Western Cape, in your region, just how how big a problem it is. And, and you've already mentioned numbers of people dying, but like, give give us some, you know, insights into how big they are and 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 what's sparking it off and why is it something we just cannot seem to quell
0: okay so in the western cape uh, there's obviously a a gangster drug uh, issue that we have that is a a serious component of that Um, you know we've got areas where people are just cheating each other in the street Uh, gang warfare um, that is one component but uh, it is not a big component of that total number um, the, the most common within that total number is uh, inter-family uh, personal inter-violence uh, amongst family members that ends up, uh, in general, in a death, um, and quite often alcohol is related. Um, so that is key. Those key drivers in the murder space. The murder space is one thing that we understand because we've got you we've know, got correct numbers because we have got our own numbers that come from our morgues and the hospitals and the pathology and the sort of post-mortem exams and testing what happened in this death. And we correlate that number with a SACS number. We have exactly the same number. So it's 10 a day or murdered and 10 a day in attempted murders. The next number in the kind of crime rating is violence against women, specifically rape women and children. That's the number that we've got uh, is looking at 20, 60, 30, but that number I can't guarantee. I mean, I visit, visited one to Gazella Rape Center. They have an average of 300 women uh, presenting at that rape center for help, uh, of which less than half end up in a car, in a, in a, in a, laying a charge at the police station. So, in other words, ending up as a statistic. Okay. Um, and that's one. We've got 150 police stations. We've got uh, seven to two zero centre rape, rape centres, um, and it's just one are giving you those numbers. But the, the number sort of just under 30 is, is definitely way up. And then crime across the spectrum. You know, I, I measure it with rape and murder on the one side of the spectrum, but on the other side of the spectrum is uh, the sort of lying and value systems, and you know, then it's got corruption and theft and all the rest of the stuff in between. And really, what I've been really got to start working on is in South Africa is our value system. Okay. Um, we got to work. Let's on let's talk on about the value
2: thing. system in just a moment. I want to get quarters too, but we'll do that in a moment with some Dhaka first up.
0: During the first two years of my marriage, I was stressed, began to drink a lot. My wife then told me to visit Men's Clinic International, as this was all taking a toll on our marriage. I did. I am proud to stand here and tell you all that Men's Clinic International restored my marriage and dignity as a man. So, visit Men's Clinic International today. SMS help to 32110 or send a please call me to 072-315-2574. Keys and fees apply. SMSs cost one rand. In South Africa, women have fought against racism and sexism. Let's join hands to fight violence against women and children. On the 28th of March, 2019, President Cyril Ramaphosa will sign the GBV Summit Declaration. Government and its partners commit to working together in ending the scourge. For more info, go to www.gov.za. Be part of the change that matters. A message from government.
2: Top billing and Mela fans listen up. Due to popular demand, we've made some changes
0: to our magazine time slots. Top Billing moves back to Saturday nights at 6pm with a repeat on Sunday afternoons at 12pm. Mella has moved from their 2.30pm time slot on Sunday afternoons to 5.30pm on Sundays immediately after our Bollywood movie. Make that mental note. Top Billing, Saturdays at 6pm and Mella Sundays at 5.30pm. On SABC Three, at S A F M Radio, and at Ashraf Gada on Twitter.
2: Lots to talk about around crime, national crime, crime in the Western Cape in particular. The particular hook has been the rewards to gun informants, illegal gun informants uh, in the Western Cape. Uh, And there's been one reward, 10,000 rands. My guest is the MEC uh, for Western Cape Community Safety. That's Alan Wynd. Let's get calls, however. Somdaka, you're on the air. Go ahead from Mtata. Thank you
1: very much, Asra.
2: Thank you. You put your town on the map, you see, when you call in. Hmm.
1: Yes, I'm calling from Umkata. Good. So unfortunately that you are looking for people from the Western Cape.
2: No, no, but no, you can call from where I'm saying you're putting him on the map, so I'm glad that you did call.
1: Yes. My 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 problem with the South African Police Service is one. As as what he says, does it also include persons with disabilities? Because Myself as Lucano in Umta has been suffering to to, to place a case for a number of times as an update. I even tried to call to the national minister. If you are a person with a disability, your case is taken for granted, for only that it is known by them, not by us, that should you place a case you would not be able to stand for a case at court? My question is, for how many times do we have to tell them that nothing about us is us? Look, for example, Ashraf. I am a regular listener to your show.
2: Well, well I'm delighted Sorry to say that. Mm-hmm.
1: And it is so unfortunate that I am not as educated as to... To, to use big words of the foreign language that is English. But I would love my, my children to understand that our own father has to defend us. Look, I've got a case right now. I cried a number of times. That case never went anywhere. I am known at my area that go and break away at my own good for Buglary cases. Go and drink, no police will come. I tried, commissions I even even went as far as into calling the the National Commission and He left his number over his radio. I never I never received any response only because they know that what a blind could say And only that you could produce, or that you could bring over the air are people prominent who are well fed off. My question is, one, is he aware that? Hmm. Inconsiderate of my disability, I do have an ability to protect myself, or does he want to prove it when I do it, when he comes to us, I know of people with disabilities who decided to take law and to right. their own hands. I, I need you move to move on. Le-
2: let's let's get the response. Okay, thank you for that call, from Mda from uh, Tata. And I'm glad that you did call. Okay, now I understand it's not exactly your your neighbourhood or your hood, uh, uh, Alan Wine. But, but perhaps I mean you can draw parallels from from the problems there with with the Western Cape. What what can you tell us?
0: So if I get it correctly, it is, the issue is that uh, there are cases that he's got that are not going anywhere.
2: Yeah, the, yeah. The, so there's a sense of frustration and he doesn't get any help, yeah.
0: So what we've done in the Western Cape is we, the only problem now with a piece of legislation that was written, we understand that, and I mean, uh, this is a different conversation and I think our system in South Africa is wrong, um, but, but in the current system, policing is managed at a national level. Uh, provinces have oversight Over police So my job is an oversight role over SAP So we wrote a piece of legislation That's put it into a frame of what does that mean It means that we have now put An ombudsman in place So someone that would investigate That specific case And then that would be tabled In our provincial legislature These are the cases that we're investigating Or not going anywhere And we will we will also hand that in Then to uh, General Jule, who is our provincial uh, police head, and and I have regular meetings with him as an oversight meeting, and say, this individual has got this case. It's not going anywhere. I need an investigation on it. We need to be able to go back to him to say, why is this case not going anywhere? And then we've got a second oversight role, which is called a court-watching brief, where when an issue does get to court, we watch those cases, specifically prominent cases, because we're finding a lot of them are getting thrown out. I mean, our our conviction rate on gangsters gangsters is only 3%. So we watch that. We then put a report again to the legislature. And interesting, uh, Minister Beniclida has now accepted our oversight of court-watching briefs, and he wants to now roll it out in other provinces. But getting back to the specific point, I would give that to our ombudsman, and I'm very, very happy, uh, Tata, that that we take your issue, and I even go through the province and we put it back into the city. Oh, please Because
2: because also he's, I understand he's also blind. I mean just it just makes it even more difficult in terms of, of of getting things. What we'll do is uh, my, my producer, Ben, will will connect you to that caller with all the details. It'll be fantastic if you can that assist in, in in, in we'll providing relief. Perfect.
0: We'll put on onto it. We'll go and find the registration numbers, are, and we'll track it and we'll hand it in.
2: Perfect. Please. Thank you. Let's get it. Let's get to further uh, calls. In this case, voice note callers, I suppose. Uh, let, let's get Finias to, to set it up.
1: The simple thing that should happen with the Western Cape is that we should have the army come Search every house, every shack, every flat until they find all the guns. We cannot be compensating people on uh, money which is taken from people who are trying to uh, make a living from selling liquor and take it and pay someone who's going to buy an illegal gun and sell it to the government. Thanks.
2: Okay, that's one. Here's, here's another voice note.
0: Uh, A very good evening to you, Al Hajj Ashraf, and your guest. Thank you. Boana Se. Champion show, as always, my
2: brother. Thank you very much, Al Hajj Ashraf. I want to ask your guest, man, are they aware that they can be used by other gangsters to fight their battles and get paid for it? Is there a way of preventing that, you know? Thank you. My name is Ispiwe. Okay, Speedwell. Thanks for that call, lovely, lovely call. P- picking up on that, uh, Alan. You know, in terms of are, are you aware that you could be used by gangsters to fight their battles? Correct. Well, there's not there's not much detail, but if you can get it, yeah.
0: yeah but it's, it's also you know something that you call, I get you know when I put this in place, I had a lot of people talking to me about it. You know, some negative, some positive, some people raising constructive, just as your show is doing now. You know, and obviously that's a risk. You know, you don't want one gang trying to use the the mechanism to get a gun out of the way uh, from the opposition and then also keep funding for themselves. Um, And, of course, that's one of those things that we've got to take into consideration. That's the 166 to 100, because obviously we also do a bit of our own investigation once we get the call. Um, And then, of course, maybe it's also a risk that we take. I I am of the opinion at the end of the day of weighing up the pros and cons, Another gun out of the system means that hopefully I'll save another life. So, um, and, I, and as I said, I, you know, I'm one of those guys that like to try things. Um, if in a couple of months' time it doesn't work, we'll stop it and we'll try something else. Mm, okay. So uh, we get ideas like this, and so we pick it up and we say, "Hang on a second, this is going the wrong way." Then we might have to tweak it. Um, and if someone comes in with a good idea, we might say, "Well, let's change it." Um, I'm very flexible into that space. And then the first question around the army, uh, is really of course, question. Um, I, I, I love it. Um, I mean, I would love to be able to say, listen, there's going to be these major raids and just and from one side or the other, and let's just remove every gun we can find. Um, you know, because we just... People people here yeah, in certain areas go to bed at night with shots being fired, wake up in the morning with shots being fired. Kids have to do schoolwork underneath the kitchen table because they're scared of stray bullets. I mean, it, it is... In certain areas of the Cape, it is hollowing so, I mean, that would be amazing, number one. But number two, there's been regular calls for the army from the Western Cape. Um, people, you know, it, it's, it's something we've never been given uh, nationally um, because everybody says that the military are there to shoot people and nothing else. I disagree. South Africa sends military into Africa as peacekeepers. Um, you know, the police must still do the police job. The military guys standing on the road are actually just to keep everyone safe. Um and with you see two military guys on a on a street corner, I promise you those gangsters are not gonna come out and start shooting each other. Um and then let the police go and do their work. It's not about taking over the police's work, but that's a whole different debate. Um I wish I could do what the caller said, um because you know that's that is my frustration. Let's get the guns out of the way.
2: Mm. Okay. There's uh, how how well, there's a couple of questions. In fact, uh Alex is saying, Ashraf, if they can change laws to all who are arrested while illegal guns not enjoy the benefits in prison and bring back death penalty. Okay, that's a very just a general statement, but let's get another one. Illegal guns are used to commit crime full stop, and crime is out of control in South Africa. So anybody found with an illegal gun must be put away for life. Or better still, if that gun is proven to have killed someone, then the death penalty for the person found with it from Bradley in uh, in Neisner. Now, to a degree we've touched we've touched on that as well. But therefore h- help us understand. You know, we have an anomaly in the sense that your your neck of the woods, the Western Cape, is the only one that is, is run by a government that is not national government, right? In terms of the DA run compared to the ANC. Um, so you have national policy and you have provincial policy in this case here. How complicated or, or complex is that in getting both sides to agree on a common way to tackle crime in the Western Cape?
0: So I've held a couple of portfolios in an opposition government. I've been the Minister of Finance. There I've had amazing amazing cooperation um, with Treasury at national level and the provincial level. I've been the Minister of the Economic, of the economic Development and Tourism and Agriculture portfolio. Also, um, you know, built good relationships. I mean, the special economic zones and the industrial development zones and, National tourism, provincial tourism, we've got very good working relationships. In policing, definitely not the best of working relationships. Um, and so it's not always that easy. Uh, and, of course, uh, I, I mean, I believe that the province, we're 4,500 police men and women too few uh, to get our numbers, population ratio, numbers to police officers, the same as the norm across South Africa. I believe we're being punished in this province politically. Um, that's a big fight. Um, but I also really believe that our system is wrong. Um, we, when, when our constitution was being drawn up, uh, the initial, which is kind of democracy, world best practice, is that policing is devolved close to the people, and oversight of policing and national police issues are dealt with at a national level. Uh, in those early days, before our, our, the dawn of our democracy, and the Constitution was being written, you remember that KZN was, uh, was a war zone. It was a very, very tough place to be in, mm. and there was definite massive factional fighting. I mean, there, there were lots of deaths every day. And uh, I think the right decision then was to say you cannot go into a democratic election, give whichever winning faction of this political uh, race a police force once they get into, into uh, power. Um, so I think the decision was right that it nationalized policing, but I think we've moved on now in our democracy, and that's my big call. I think we should go to how regions and provinces and states work with the big cities and metros and municipalities around the world in democracies as you devolve the policing power. and nationally you have oversight. At the moment, it's a war zone in this province. If I was the national minister, I would be putting the provincial police and the system under administration. Um, I, as a province, with an oversight. And when you say Pro-
2: provincial, management. that means that means all all the provinces,
0: all provinces in South Africa. Our job is oversight, and national makes all the decisions and management decisions and and uh, resourcing and manpower, etc. It's all made from a national level.
2: It's all very complex. What what's that for the working relationship? You know, not presenting what you said about you being in in opposition at the time. But but what's the working relationship therefore between? Uh, you know, provincial, national, and then you know, in terms of the various cities, uh, and, and, and policing around all those areas. Well, I
0: want to say in this province, it's not that good. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a tough battle. Uh, we we try we, we really push the envelope on the resourcing because we believe it's totally under resourced. I believe that with that kind of go, I mean, this should be declared an emergency and there should be sort of weekly jock meetings with uh, what are we doing about making sure the murder rate is dropping uh, day by day and you know just carries on the same number year by year. It is, it is totally unacceptable. And that's a big fight between province and national. Um, and uh, we offer a lot of opportunity, solutions, funding mechanisms, all sorts of things to try and fix this. And we don't really get anywhere. I was really excited when our watching briefs were accepted two weeks ago by the national minister to say, "Listen, hang on a second. The Western Cape has come up with a really good uh, oversight uh, uh, product here. Let's roll it out across other provinces." Um, but still, it is it is not the best of relationships. Um, I've been I've been offering to fund reservist uh, stipends since November. I haven't even had an answer. I send a mail every month. I haven't had an answer on that. Um, I have. Uh, you know, last-minute invitations to things like mean, visa that we don't even get invited to. And so it's not a tidy relationship. And for me, that's very really frustrating because, quite frankly, you know, while this political kind of to and flow is happening, our people are being murdered. Our people mm. are being raped. Mm. Crime is out of control.
2: Do you, I mean, do, do, I, I'm, I'm surprised that that the issue of crime is not a major election discussion. Yes, there's an the issue of gender-based violence, and of course it is crime, right? But we're just talking of the broader issue of just violent crime. I'm surprised that it's not a major election discussion point.
0: For me it is. I mean, I'm the can- premier candidate in the Western Cape. Um, that's why I've taken this position. I believe that you know my, my, the three big things that a province has got to do is create jobs, get education right, and make sure we've got a healthy society. So that's where our budget goes for all provinces. You know, we really put lots of money into health and education. Those are core constitutional mandates. And for me, my big focus has always been on jobs. Um, we've got to create jobs because jobs make the difference. And uh, But the three underlying um, ecosystem and imperatives are in this province are crime, public transport, our train system is totally broken, and then resilience, electricity, water, et cetera. So those are the three big focuses that, I'm, that are our, our political electioneering uh, platform. And crime is number one. I mean, most of our posters
2: mm, around this mm,
0: province mm. talk about crime, talk about a decentralization of decision-making and management. We need to flip it on its head. Uh, we need to resource it properly. We need to become much more innovative. Uh, I've got a big problem in the Western Cape. I've got our senior police management fighting with each other. I'm sending stuff up to IPAD all the time. I'm not getting the proper investigation. Um, it shouldn't be run out of Pretoria. It should be locally run with oversight
2: out of, Okay, out of, uh, and that's the that's the 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 considered view in this case. You of uh, Alan Wynd, the Western Cape Community Safety MEC, and as you heard, uh, Premier candidate for the Western Cape. Let's see what happens at that election, May the eighth. Uh, appreciate your time. Thanks for thanks for giving off your time, Much appreciated indeed. Okay, a pleasure. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure, right? Let's, a absolutely. Let's get now to the late night drama, and you should know the name of it by now.